The following podcast contains true stories of sex, kink, gender, or body image. Thanks for being a consenting adult, because here we go. All of my life, I've never fit, but I won't complain and I won't quit. I am enormous, get used to it. Everyone tells me I'm too much. Maybe it's just you're not enough for me. Can't you see? I'm the kind of woman I'm supposed to be. Hi there, and welcome to the Body Storytelling Podcast. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Delator, and this week we have a story from kinky queer poly sex educator Trixie Lamont. Have you missed me? I'm so sorry I've been MIA. I had a computer meltdown, completely bricked my computer. And while I waited for a new computer, I taught at a summer camp out with no access. I went to Maui right before everything happened in Maui. A friend had offered me her guest house right on the beach. I used some miles and ended up getting a flight there for $5.60 because I'm a broke ass. I can't afford to go on vacation. But I got to spend a week on the beach. I got to go to Lahaina and walk down Front Street. I spent a day walking around there. And I'm so glad I did because it's gone. That island has changed forever. And I'm so grateful to my friend, Elisa, who kept after me to say, Dixie, you need a vacation. Dixie, things have been really hard in your world. Come to Hawaii. I was not going to do that until my best friend, Little P, said, wait, you're being offered a place in Hawaii? I've never been to Hawaii. And And I said, well, I haven't been to Hawaii in 25 years. And because Little P wanted to go, Sometimes I have a really hard time being good to myself, but it's easier to be nice to somebody else. And because little P had never been, I said, okay, let's go. We got a cheap flight, a cheap rental car. I don't know how all these things, the stars really wanted to align to make this happen. And got to spend an incredible week sitting on the beach, drinking our coffee, going for drives, spending the day on beautiful beaches and in the gorgeous towns in Maui. It was one of my favorite memories, and it's made even more bittersweet by the fact that Maui has in large part been destroyed because of the fires. I came back from Maui and did a body slam and taught a sex and story workshop at a sex positive camp out in Northern California. And it was sort of a test drive for Edna the minivan. I wanted to see if this is something that I could do and how awkward it would be. And let me tell you, it was pretty awkward. I didn't sleep well. I obviously don't have a good van set up yet, but I'm learning. And that's the great thing about driving all the way to Portland to teach at Sex Geek Summer Camp. Is Edna the minivan comfortable for long drives? Answer is yes. I loved driving her. Coming back and then sleeping in the van. I didn't do that at the first camp, sleeping in the van at this Northern California camp out and learning, yep, we're not there yet. 
I need a little bit more work to make it so that she's going to be roadworthy and I can sleep in her. But that's part of progress, right? You gotta fuck up a little bit. And I did. Okay, can I tell you the best part? It's impossible to find a bathroom on the road. And so as soon as I got back from the Portland trip, I'm like, all right, I am buying a toilet to put in the back of the minivan. And I bought a portable, flushable toilet. That thing, that was one of my smartest decisions. One night I didn't make it to camp before the gates closed, so I ended up sleeping on a side street in a town. And I kept waiting to get the knock, the cops saying, what are you doing here? You can't be here. But you know what I'm really happy didn't happen? Didn't get busted for public indecency because I was outside peeing because I had a toilet in my van. That part worked out great. I got back from that last Northern California camp out and got really sick. In fact, I was on my ass for two weeks. I was so sick that when my new computer was delivered to the store for me to pick up, I couldn't get there. I didn't even have a voice. I had laryngitis. So they returned it and I had to order the whole thing again. So it's been like a month without a computer and that's why you haven't heard from me. The new one is in. Does it sound different? Does it sound the same? Um, It's a whole new setup. I really had to fight to get it set up to start podcasting again. And I did it as soon as I can. I'm so glad that you're here listening. I would love to know what your summer looked like and if you miss me, because it feels good to be missed. And I want to tell you about a message that I got recently. I got a message on Facebook from Jack who said, Hey, Dixie, I hope things are going well for you now. Just wanted to share a body might get me laid story been dealing with an amicable separation, and moved on to try dating. I had a magical first date last week, and we spent six hours together. And at one point, I caught a light reference to a swingers club that could have been interpreted as a joke or missed, but as a faithful body listener, and having recently read The Ethical Slut, I caught it and asked about it. That led to a whole other frank, easy conversation about kink, swinging, and BDSM, While I've not yet done any of those things, I was well prepped for that conversation. So of course, I sent her a link to the Body Podcast, and I really think we need a live show here in New England soon. Well, there was a follow-up message recently that said, yes, Body did get Jack laid, and I'm very happy that even when I have been missing and haven't been able to crank out this podcast, I'm still getting y'all laid. That is my superpower. I am really good at it. So if you want to learn, if you want to feel like you've got experience in a lot of different areas that you don't actually have experience at, stories are a great way to get there. Thanks so much for your message, Jack. I really appreciate you letting me know that you're getting laid in New England. My work here is done. Want to smell better naked? Let's face it, your underarms aren't the only place you have odor. This week, we've got a new podcast sponsor, and I am over the moon excited to tell you about Lume Whole Body Deodorant for armpits, privates, and beyond. I've been using Lume for years because it makes me feel fresh and clean no matter what, and this week, I get to share a special offer with you. New customers get $5 off Lume's starter pack if you tell them Dixie sent you at lumedeodorant.com. I use Lume everywhere. It's a whole body deodorant, the first of its kind, and Lume is seriously safe to use anywhere on your body. On your pits, your under boobs, thigh folds, belly buttons, feet, 
vulvas, even your butt crack. Lume was created by an OBGYN who discovered and proved in clinical testing that the vagina is not to blame for day-to-day odor below the belt and that normal BO was being misdiagnosed and mistreated. So she developed Lume, a uniquely formulated pH-balanced deodorant. It's aluminum-free, skin-safe, and clinically proven to control odor for up to 72 hours. How? Unlike some deodorants that try to mask odor with a fragrance, Lume is formulated and powered by mandelic acid to stop odor before it starts. It's more like a pre-odorant. Like I said, it's aluminum-free. It's also baking soda-free, paraben-free, pH-balanced for safe use below the belt. And there's a variety of fresh, bright scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, or toasted coconut. Clean tangerine is my favorite, but honestly, I use them all. It kept me fresh while I was camping in 100-degree heat this summer, and it's the best to keep your underboob fresh. Lume Starter Pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, and two free products of your choice, like their mini body wash and deodorant wipes, plus it includes free shipping. As a special offer for body storytelling listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lume Starter Pack at lumedeodorant.com. That's over 40% off your starter pack. It's hot out there. But you can control body odor anywhere with L-U-M-E deodorant. You'll get $5 off your starter pack at lumedeodorant.com. Tell them Dixie sent you. That podcast is back. Guess what else is back? Live shows. We're going to be live on Folsom Friday. That's Friday, September 22nd in San Francisco. And I have already got a completely full rock star lineup. I'm so proud of this first show. It's going to be kinky as fuck, y'all. And we're going to be following that show, which starts at 7 p.m. with a 10 p.m. body slam. That means you can go to the first show, listen to all those incredible stories, and then Come back for the second show and get on stage to tell your own story. We've had a lot of requests for people who want to get on stage, but haven't put in their pitch in advance, haven't done the work. So get a cocktail in you, put your name in the hat, and pretty soon you're going to be rocking that stage in front of a lot of kinky people just like you. Tickets are in the show notes. Buy your ticket as soon as possible. This two-show night is going to sell out fast. Well, it's time for a story. So let's learn about this week's storyteller. Trixie Lamont is a rebel in the streets and a freak in the sheets. Professional sex educator, workshop facilitator, performer, writer, ritualist, relationship and confidence coach, inspirational speaker, and host of Gender Blender Play Parties. Trixie is well known for shaking their ass for justice, rebel rousing gender norms, and being delightfully playful. Trixie's work has taken them all over the U.S. and internationally with a focus on intersectionality, commitment to working from a liberation lens, and creating communities across diverse cultural backgrounds. Trixie is proud to be kinky, queer, poly, fabulous, and infuses joy and creativity into all aspects of life. You can find out more at polyexcellent.com. This storyteller is Trixie Lamont. I love 
anonymous sex. I love meeting a stranger, going home with them, getting super intimate, super frisky, going super deep, and then not having to worry about meeting their parents or dealing with their emotional baggage. But unfortunately for me, it is incredibly hard to find anonymous sex. I know that if I was a cisgendered gay man, it wouldn't be a problem. I would just get on the apps. I would get on Grindr. I would get on Scruff. I'd find someone that's down to wear a pup hood the whole time. It would be awesome. I also know that if I was a cisgendered straight woman, it wouldn't be a problem. I would get on Bumble or Hinge and I would make it happen. But I am non-binary and genderqueer and I really love fucking and playing with other genderqueer and non-binary people. And nobody has made an app for that. So that leaves me with nightclubs. And I love nightclubs. I'm super into SF nightclubs. I'm a performer, which means I also know a shit ton of people. And therefore, it's next to impossible to find somebody new so that I could have anonymous sex. In addition to that, I am super extroverted. In fact, when I was at university, I took one of those Meyer Briggs tests. You heard of them? Well, they told me that I was the biggest extrovert out of 30,000 people in the school. So I was like, there's no other option here. I'm going to have to go with drastic measures. If I want anonymous sex, I'm going to really have to do something big and extraordinary. I'm gonna have to leave the Bay Area and travel to a place I've never been, a random city, a completely different location. So I did a little bit of research. I found out what are the top 60 queer nightclubs across the country, and number 20 is a nightclub called The Connection, which is located in Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville, Kentucky is definitely a place that I've never been. So I packed a bag full of fun toys and sexy outfits and got on a plane from Oakland, California and landed in the Louisville, Kentucky airport. I just want you to know that I had made no arrangements. I had no hotel, no Airbnb, nothing planned. The one thing I did do was head immediately to the bathroom. Unfortunately, you know, in SFO, you get to go into a gender neutral bathroom as a non-binary person. Here, I had to go into the women's room, so everyone was kind of giving me dirty looks. But I was like, I need to do this costume change. Because for me, anonymous sex is also about stepping out of Trixie Lamont and being a character. So when I got into that bathroom, all these women are staring at me while I take out my beautiful, blonde, long-haired wig and put it on, put on my sexy femme makeup, put on this really tight, super sexy, hot, lacy black shirt with a lot of cleavage showing, put on my sexy leather boots, knee-high, grabbed my favorite pair of booty shorts, which is sparkly, put them on, and grab the last key element of the outfit, which is a packer. For those of you that don't know what that is, it's basically a prosthetic cock, right? So now I feel super ready to go. I look at myself in the mirror and I say, tonight you are Lexi. 
And when I get into character, I stay in character. So that entire cab ride, I was Lexi. When I got out and saw the club, I was Lexi. There were cute queer people smoking. There was gorgeous gay men wearing, uh, they were in these jean shorts and they had cowboy boots on. I get up to the front. The woman there says, it's 90s night. I'm like, okay, cool. We're at 90s night. Maybe that's why all these dykes are wearing flannel. Or is it just that dykes love flannel? Or is that like the South? I'm not really sure. But the club was definitely giving it 90s energy. I mean, like really 90s energy. Like it looked like my bat mitzvah. There was like fuchsia lighting, turquoise lighting. I was like, what have I gotten myself into? And I'm looking around and people are cute, but like, I'm not... I'm like getting kind of nervous because I'm not seeing exactly what I came for. I'm getting kind of worried. Like I flew 3,000 miles for this experience and what, what if it's not, oh my God, there in the middle of the room is the hottest, most gorgeous human I've ever seen. They are a cross between David Bowie and Lady Gaga. They're wearing skin-tight silver pants and a see-through long-sleeve shirt so I can see their nipples and what may or may not be breasts because I can't tell what body parts this person has. I can't tell if they're a man or a woman, and that is my favorite gender of all time when you can't tell what gender they are because that's the gender that I see myself as. So I am like, yes, it is time for some gay. Oh yes, this is gonna be the gayest of the gay, right? So I start dancing on up over there, CNC Music Factory's playing. Remember, it's the 90s club, right? It's like ridiculous. So I'm like, okay, let me get my groove on. I start winking at this person and they come right up to me and start grinding on me. And they put their hand on my back and on my hip, and so I put my hand on their butt, and we get enamored with each other. And for the rest of the night at that club, it didn't matter who existed. It was just about the two of us sweating it out to that 90s music on the dance floor. It was hot and steamy and awesome, and suddenly, the lights were coming up. And I was like, oh shit, it's 2 a.m. and I don't know where I'm sleeping tonight. I'm like hopeful that this person, you know, wants to go and wants me to go home with them, which luckily for me, they look at me and say, Do you want to come to my house? Of course I say yes. And we take a very quick walk. It's only 10 blocks to their house. And we get inside their house. I notice that, you know, it's an apartment. I notice that they have probably housemates because some of the room doors are shut. But they bring me right away into their room. Their room is decorated with a lot of pictures of musicians. Some of them kind of strange, like the Spice Girls. But I'm like, okay, whatever. The bed is in the center of the room. And lucky for me, has a velvet blanket, the kind that if you squirt on, you can easily wash. Y'all familiar with that? It's, I have one, it's called the Liberator. Get it if you don't have one. I was like, ooh, this is gonna be a good night. And they look at me and start making out with me and push me down on the bed. At which point I look over and notice that underneath the bed, they have black straps that you can pull up. <laughs> and easily restrain someone. 
And I'm thinking, fuck yes, we have some of the same kinks. This is going to be a good night. So they reach under the bed. They grab the straps and restrain me on the bedpost and look me in the eye and say, what do you want me to call your body parts? I just creamed in my pants. That is the hottest thing you can say to a genderqueer person. I am like, please call this my cock. And they obliged. They kept making out with me, started sucking on my neck a little bit, touching my chest, touching my nipples. And I noticed that they had some nipple clamps. I was like, please use those on me. So they put those nipple clamps on me, and then they started lowering their face down to where my cock is. At this point, my cock is rock hard. I'm like, yes, please suck on my cock. And they start sucking on my cock, and they do my ultimate favorite thing, which is where you're sucking on the prosthetic cock, but you are also paying attention to the bio cock, if you know what I mean. So I am receiving multiple layers of pleasure. I'm receiving that visualization of them sucking my cock, but I'm also feeling the stimulation of them touching my clit, and I'm getting wetter and wetter as they slide their hands inside of me. And I start thinking, I am super glad that if I squirt all over this face, I know that this mat can handle it, right? Like, I know I could get as wet as possible, and it's all going to be good. So they are still there doing their thing. I'm super happy. I'm getting really into it. I'm the kind of person that could have multiple orgasms, so I'm like, please stay down there for a long time. (laughs) And after I get my pleasure in, they come up towards me and whisper in my ear, this is just the beginning of what I'm going to do to you. And I think to myself, oh, that's what you think. And I, I'm really good at being an escape artist. I'm also really good at getting bratty when necessary. So even though I'm tied up, they didn't realize that my wrists are kind of thin. So I pull my arms out, flip them over, and I say, oh, no, I'm just getting started on you. I'm a proper switch, and I love flipping the script. I also appreciated that this person had a box of safer sex supplies right there next to their bed. So I was able to get on some black latex gloves and bust out the lube. What you should also know about me is some of my lovers call me the Energizer Bunny. I pride myself on having a lot of stamina. So I was like, get ready. Your ass is going to be going all night. So I lube up my hand. I start playing with their nice butt. I get a condom on my cock and I'm like when you're ready I'm sliding this thing inside of you I spend my time though warming up their ass really going nice making circles getting my mouth near there and then when they're ready I slide my rock hard cock into their ass and start pounding them and pounding them and pounding them and remember I am the energizer bunnies I went all the way until they were screaming and moaning and the sun was coming up. At that point, when the sun was rising up, we had had so many orgasms, it was time to pass out. 
And I was still wearing my wig. Because when I commit to a character, I commit to a character. And in the morning, which is actually the afternoon, we probably were waking up around like 1 p.m., they start kissing my neck gently and say, do you want me to make you breakfast? For those of you that don't me, hells yeah, I want you to make me breakfast. I asked like five people to bring me food tonight. So yes, I always, always want food. I'm like, yes, please make me breakfast. So we go into their kitchen. They're making eggs and toast and avocado. And I'm helping by touching their ass and rubbing their shoulders because I don't cook ever. So I'm, I'm really helping. I'm like, I'm touching their ass. And as my hands are on their ass, their housemate walks into the kitchen, looks directly at me, and says, Trixie? (laughs) Oh my God, what are you doing here? I was like, there goes my cover. I threw three, flew 3,000 miles to have anonymous sex. And there I am looking at my friend Jade, who's looking back at me. I'm like, Jade, I didn't even know you lived in Louisville, Kentucky. What the fuck? And that's when I realized it really is impossible for me to have anonymous sex. <sighs> And I also realized that day that I'm okay with that. Because even more than loving anonymous sex, I love building community. And I love building community with other queer people and trans people and non-binary people and people in resilient identities. And I realized there's something really powerful about having friends all over the globe. And so I'm staying tight with Jade and that hottie that looked like that cross between David Bowie and Lady Gaga. And we still know each other. And anytime I go to Louisville, Kentucky, I always have a place to stay.
That song was Body Was Made by Ezra Furman. Patreon recently emailed all the creators who use their services to let us know that a glitch in their system was causing patron payments to be declined by banks. Many creators lost as many as 20% of their patrons because of this. That hurts. Body lost a lot of patrons. And that's pretty much how I've been existing. If you're happy, this podcast is back after a one-month hiatus. Please go to Patreon, support us, keep this thing going. You can get bonuses, but one of the bonuses I'm happy to tell you about is that become a subscriber on Patreon and you can get free live stream tickets. We have a show coming up. We have two shows coming up. And that means you can watch from anywhere. Go to patreon.com, sign up at whatever level you'd like. $10 a month will get you free live stream tickets. I'd really appreciate it if you'd help us bounce back from this financial damage that's happened because of this Patreon glitch. Thanks in advance for considering it. And if you're a Patreon supporter, please check and make sure that your credit card wasn't declined on Patreon. We could really use every dollar right now. Well, we're at the end of the episode. And do you know, just today, I got a message from a company that said, we're putting a list together of the top podcasters, and we want to include body storytelling. It's going to cost you a lot of money. Well, I've gotten a lot of awards for this podcast. I got a best podcast from Oprah Magazine, from Esquire, from GQ, from BuzzFeed, from Forbes. And I didn't pay for any of those awards. They thought we were producing great work. So I am not going to be paying that person to put me on a best podcast list. Here's the sort of accolade I care about. I'd love for you to subscribe, rate, but especially write a written review. Easiest place to do that is on Apple Podcasts. And your words and your five stars, hopefully, are going to come right to me. I'll know that you love this podcast and other people can see it. And that makes a big difference in people willing to try this podcast. Thanks in advance for doing that. While I'm thanking people, I'm going to thank the people who make this podcast possible. Thank you to Donald Mooney, David Grossoff, Ty McKenzie, Mosa Maxwell-Smith, Royland James, and especially podcast producer Roman Den Houdeker. He's such a joy to work with. Y'all should send him some fan mail. I'm happy to forward it on. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Delatour. This has been episode 273 of the Body Storytelling Podcast. Thanks for listening. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Oh.